0: Hello and welcome. It's another edition of Simon Mayer's Books of the Year. This is like a special teaser just ahead of the the big show, which is coming up in a in a few days. Time. It's because we love you so much. We're doing these extra versions. For That's right. You. Yeah. And this is going to be a little teaser featuring Alan Johnson, who's written in my life. It's another memoir from Alan. All right, Alan. Yeah, fine. Thank you. How are you doing? very well it's very nice to see how many memoirs you got by that yeah. uh 48 40 <laughs> hour, going on to 50 and uh mark Kermode's, how does it feel uh, mark's a little bit nervous in front of a microphone yeah. so we have to give him a little bit of space is this on <laughs> yeah it is you're right mark i'm fine how are you doing it's weird not being in our usual studio i know but it is my normal studio i know it's just not your hey matt Hey, how you doing? Hey, Mark, good. This is, yeah, and, yeah, this is, yeah. and this is Alan. Oh, well, you... <laughs> <And> actually, <laughs> okay. actually, as people will discover uh, in the next few days, when the when the big episode comes out, your books have a lot in common. Anyway, just to set this whole thing up, we thought we'd do our our, our Q and A session, which normally goes at the end of the interview. We thought we'd do it first. Why not? Okay? Yeah. So uh, Matt and I will alternate these questions, uh, and then see what see yeah. what we make of it. Okay. So uh, and go Alan first, and then Mark. So the last book you really really. Enjoyed Present company accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Stoner by John Williams. Because? It's just
1: the most beautiful novel and cool. is now recognised as a classic, which has always been. It was published in the early 70s, but it never really became well-known until Vintage did a, brought out an edition a couple of years ago. And it's absolutely marvellous. All human life is there.
2: Mark, what was the last book you really, really enjoyed? The last thing that I that I finished was I read that collection of Ted Chang's short stories that Arrival was based on when Arrival came out and I wanted to read. But the thing that I'm really enjoying at the moment that I'm reading but I haven't finished is uh, Fear, Trump in the White House, and I'm just devouring it and it's just absolutely page-turning, eye-watering stuff. Good. That's this is our- great,
0: because we can talk about all this, whereas yeah. on other shows... Right. we can. Hey, guess what? Yeah. I don't think Trump's a good thing. <laughs> Do you no. not? No, I think he's the Antichrist. That's right? strange. That's a very... It's kind of a controversial... <laughs> minor view. <laughs> just to have interest I know this is a slight Go discourse. ahead. I just want to ask this to Alan, would you avoid political memoirs, given yes. that you're kind of out of politics, really, or would you well, think, I've... I absolutely I want to know what's going on there? I've always avoided political memoirs. I mean, they're usually
1: people trying to fight battles from 30 years ago and proved that they were right. Um,
0: except my uh, political <laughs> well, yes, the exactly. longer winding road, <laughs> which, which is highly recommended. Exceptions. But, but fear that, you know, this, uh, this latest Trump book, you don't think, oh, I'd like to get
1: Oh, no, that's different. I mean, what I was talking about was yeah, people writing their own standard yeah. biography.
0: My
2: years in the home office yeah, by yeah. Dick Schneebly. Yes, that's that's <laughs> of, uh, <yeah. laughs> uh,
0: is there a book you regularly give as a gift, Mark?
2: I mean, the, the appalling truth of it is probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, that's <laughs> well, right, point, My book. There you go. Well, no, but it's, uh, it's horrible to say, but it's true. And in, in terms of regularly, as in, I have given it regularly recently. I have given um, Mad Blood Stirring now to four people, right. and, and, and of those co- and of those copies, I bought all four of them. So you know. Oh really? Yeah. I could have given you some. No, 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 because that wouldn't make it a present. If somebody gives you something, you can't then pass it on. It's not a present if it's a freebie.
0: That's true. So, yeah. so you know, it it's a moral So
2: I have given four people Simon's book. Before that, my most regular book I gave was the Viz Annual, which oh. I'm, I'm afraid I do give every year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, Northern Lights by Philip Pullman, uh. so the trilogy. And my 18-year-old son is sitting out there and he, when he saw that I was going to have this question, reminded me that I've given it to him about six times and <laughs> he still hasn't bloody <laughs> read it. Uh, but it's also because it was supposed to be, in early days before anyone had really caught on to this, it, it was for for kids, you know, early teens. I, I mean, it's wasted. It's not really it's not. Kids. So So I also gave it to loads of adults to say you might have read that this Quite is for right, children right. and that might be in the section in the bookshop, but read it, it's for adults. Yeah,
2: and again, yeah. you can do that with many of Simon's
0: previous books. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. the, the other way about, around. This is my favourite podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. The thing about Northern Lights is that people are misled by the fact it's got two kids, or yeah, one yeah. in the case of Northern Lights Lara, in the lead yeah, role, but apart yeah. from that, it's the most grown-up book of all time. Absolutely. Very, yeah. very complex. Really. OK, next question... Uh, Mark, to go first, what book do you remember
2: being read to you as a child? Well, we've had this discussion before, and I'm sure it's the one that everybody says is um, House at Pooh Corner. And I mean, I remember my father reading me the Winnie the Pooh books over and over and over again. And so uh, when we were having a discussion, you and I, about the end of Toy Story 3, and you read the, the you know the thing that happens at the very, mm-hmm. very end of, uh, of Winnie the Pooh when they have the discussion about, are you going away? Yes, I am, but will you come back? It just reduced me to floods of tears, because I mm-hmm. still hear my dad reading that. Alan, what book do you remember being read to you as a child?
1: None, i nobody ever read any books, but I remember getting hold of a copy of Shane by Jack Schaefer. I don't know how it arrived in the house, but when I was about eight, and I kept reading and rereading it. And I say a bit in the first volume of my memoirs about being disappointed at seeing the film with Alan Ladd. Mm. If you read the book, Shane was tall and dark and this mysterious character. If you watch the film, Alan Ladd's short and blonde and, you know, on a white horse where he should be on a black one, it's a very dark book. Uh, Shane. Uh, so I remember that, but I was sort of reading it to myself.
2: Well, that's like Jack Reacher looks nothing like Tom Cruise. Does he yeah, say, no. you know? <laughs> the way <laughs> these things work. Is yeah. the
0: one that got away what book should have been massive that wasn't Mark again?
2: You know, you're going to hate me for saying this, but um, the, the book, the original novel of The Ninth Configuration by William Peter Blatty, who uh, I'm sorry to be boring, but who wrote The Exorcist, <laughs> is actually in my opinion, his greatest work. And The Exorcist sold a quinty billion copies and The Ninth Configuration, I've probably got half of the (laughs) copies in my loft. But
0: I just think it's wonderful. Is there a book on your shelf that you love and no one else does? Well, I mean,
2: the only thing I can think of is... I've got a very well-thumbed copy of Hammer of the Gods, but but the but the fact is, I do think other people. Love it. I know I went we, I went on holiday with uh, Linda, my wife, and she was reading something some really really sort of solidly intellectual you know book about China and something, and she was going, "Wow, you know they're taking away women's rights, they're doing all this stuff," and I was going, oh "My God, they're having sex with a fish." <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Alan, uh, I'd say Fear and
1: Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, but everyone Hunter loves Stevenson. that. Not, no one I've never lent it to. <laughs> by the way, yeah, uh, so, you know, I, I like it, but I can yeah. see why they kind of think it's a bit, uh, a bit difficult. Uh, you know, in terms of his uh, adoration of everything that's illegal that he's taken, and his apparent disdain of women. I've had that from a few people. I've lent it to. Uh, so yeah, it is a classic, oh, sure. uh, which is, surprises me that other people don't like it.
0: Whose books do you own the most, of, Alan?
1: Probably Dickens. You know, I kind of made a thing of trying to read a Dickens every year, uh, and because I, uh, you know, for what, one, reason or one reason or another, I don't go to the library anymore. I buy them. Uh, yeah, probably Charles Dickens. Dickens.
2: Well, I mean, weirdly, probably Agatha Christie, just because I, there was a period when I when I just read all the Christies, and I think I think that's the the author of whom I have. The, yeah, the the, the yeah. complete works, you know. Yeah. Uh, reading habits. Where and when do you read the most, Alan?
1: Uh, either on the train. Certainly when I was an MP, I had to travel down, so a three-hour journey from, from Hull and then back. So reading on the train was probably... Now, last thing at night, I have to read. You know, it's just like brushing your teeth. I have to read. How long I read for depends on the great age I've reached before I wanna doze off. Yeah. But uh two probably, pages probably asleep. Bed. Yes, that's
2: right. Mark uh, in the bath, and it just drives my family mad because because that's you know I have a, I always have a book outside the bath, get in the bath, start reading the book, and an hour later they're banging on the door. We <laughs> only have one bath. <laughs> are you coming out? Is there a method to how your books are shelved by genre, by author, or by nothing at all? In, in our case, in my case, Linda, my wife, writes books as well, so we have one we have one bookcase that is books that we have written. And then she has an office, which is all the books that she owns in alphabetical order, and they're all over the place. And then everything else around the edges of it is copies of, <laughs> copies of The Taking of Pelham 123 that Mark bought when he was 14 that no-one can find. So my books are not ordered at all.
1: Okay. Yeah, mine, mine aren't really ordered. I, one shelf of poetry, just because it's good to go to them when you just fancy a quick verse. And I try and keep non-fiction separate from fiction. majority of it is fiction. And my books seem to pop up on every shelf for some reason, you know, uh, just so people know when they're yeah. walking into the room. And but you've I've written 100 a or so, so. It's about uh, 75, I think, yeah. was the last count. Yeah.
2: What's the first book you bought with your own money? Um, the Midwich Cuckoos by John Wyndham. Alan.
1: I can't remember what it was, but probably an Agatha Christie. I went through a real Agatha Christie mm-hmm. phase when I was about 12, 13 and went to the kind of bopler bookshop, which was a second-hand bookshop, and bought loads of them, and I swapped my old copies of Charles Booken's Football Monthly for a big pile of Agatha Christie, uh, Marjorie Allingham's, John Dixon Carr, all these great crime writers. So it's probably an Agatha Christie.
0: Is there a book that you've used to try to impress a potential partner? We were asked to. I try to impress... Girls with this well-thumbed French copy of some very pretentious book, which I also hasten to add, it never ever worked. <laughs> but it, 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 have you ever tried anything as bad as that?
2: I I think, although I don't think it, was, it wasn't just to impress girls, it was to be impressive. I think I carried around and never read a copy of L'Etranger um, be, beca- because it was the thing that everyone, but I, to this day, I'm sure I have never read it. I just had a copy of it and it had quite a sort of. Like um, a, a, a smoky cover, it had like somebody was smoking a cigarette, you know, looking very. And I thought, oh, you know, oh, oh that's the one. That's the one that Ian McCullough will have read. And that's the <laughs> one that you know. But I have never read it. I'm I'm the same. I don't know about impressing a girl, but
1: I used to walk around with Proust under my arm. <laughs> uh, Dostoevsky, uh, just to <laughs> kind of on the tube, let people know. You
2: know. Yeah. What's the book that you would love to step inside of? The Great Gatsby. I mean, that's my that's my favourite book, but you know pretty much and uh, and I love the I love the world I love the cat and for all the, the corruption and all the things that you know it's melancholic and everything I just I love the world of the Great Gatsby and and I remember reading the Great Gatsby and seeing the Great Gatsby in the cinema version with Robert Redford and the Rubettes being on top of the pops all happening in my mind and the same day and that <laughs> sort of welding into cuz the Rubettes wore, wore Gatsby caps and so that's always been the thing that I've thought of as the world I want to be in uh step inside, you know, I
1: wouldn't want to step inside 1984 by George Orwell. So step inside and feel safe and, and to see, you know, to, to laugh a lot would be anything by P.G.
0: Woodhouse. Mm. Very good answer, very good answer. So Alan has written In My Life, it's a musical memoir. Mark has written How Does It Feel, which is a musical memoir. <laughs> <laughs> More soon. Yeah. Uh, so you'll hear details of both their books in our next programme.